0: Welcome to season two of the Anxiously Engaged podcast. I am your host, Rachel Curfew. But if we haven't met yet, I'm a wife, a mother, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and a certified coach specializing in anxiety and helping individuals live their life even more anxiously engaged. You might be thinking, what does that mean? Being anxiously engaged is quite the opposite of being anxious. It's about stepping out of anxiety, out of your fears, and out of the shadows of your life and moving carefully into the light where you get to really shine as you live your life filled with passion, excitement, and energy. Welcome to the show.
1: All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm so excited you guys are joining us again. Um, As you know, I absolutely love, love, love hearing stories of women who are being anxiously engaged in their lives. And if for some reason this is your first time joining us, for me that means that we're not anxious, we're actually the opposite. That we are living our lives with passion and purpose, and most important, we're taking action. And those actions can be two millimeters in size, they can be little, but we always want to be moving forward, making progress just two millimeters at a time. So I have found another special guest for you guys today, another human being with amazing superpowers who's being anxiously engaged in her life. And so I'm very excited to welcome Lydia Taggart to our podcast today. Lydia, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, I'm super excited to be here. I'm super excited to have you. Um, Now, I want to jump right into the part that I think is most fascinating, and then if you want to give me some history or whatever you can, but you've had quadruplets. Like, that's something that not all of us do and not all of us want to do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You gotta be careful what you ask for, that's for sure. (laughs) Yes. If yes. you say you want something, you might get it. <laughs> true. I did not say I wanted quad, so just for the record, I said something I said I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I know I work with a
1: lot of women who struggle with infertility and that would be the most welcome blessing in their lives. But for me personally, I've passed those years and that would not be something I would want to venture into right now. So how was that for you? Oh,
2: it was a shock. a minute um not too long of a minute though i very quickly decided god had something in mind and we're just going to do it but it wasn't my decision um all right where do we begin on this story because i kind of jumped ahead you can my husband you can start at the beginning if you (laughs) want go back start at the beginning okay once upon a time (laughs) we had two kids and our oldest was about three and a half years old and we didn't want our kids to be too spaced out too far apart and all along before we even had any kids my husband kept saying how many kids do you want how about six and I would say oh (laughs) how about we do one at a time and see how it goes and so we ended up going to the doctor and getting on what's called clomid it was just to jumpstart the system a little bit so that we get all the birth control out so we could have kids. And I jumped a little bit too far. And so uh, that that first time at the doctor's office, finding out that we were having our quads was quite the experience. But um, I had said, how many, Hmm. let's do one at a time. But, I really don't like being pregnant. I think I'd rather be done. How about we have twins or something so this could be done? But who says or something? (laughs) I got my or something, and my husband got his six. (laughs) Just thinking things out loud, things happen, right? That's right. (laughs) And so um, then our doctor met with us together because my husband wasn't at the first initial nobody needs to worry about having quads on something. You have to go somewhere special to have multiples like that, but we're special people, I guess. So our doctor's appointment, the doctor says, "Now I have to tell you this by law. It's legal. I have to tell you, this is really high risk and really dangerous. And I have to advise you to abort them or at least one of them. and i i went down this dark tunnel like holy cow what's going on are you serious how could i do this what's going on and like literally darkness around me i wasn't in the same room anymore and i heard my husband's voice off in the (laughs) distance say we're keeping all of them oh right right of course we're keeping all of them and um luckily I feel so blessed our our doctor was on board with you said okay great I just had to get that out of the way so we're on the same path and we're we're going together in the same place wow and I love my husband for knowing like that's what we're doing God gave us this and we're just gonna run with it that's amazing I can't imagine having to ever be in a position to make that decision oh it was a tough one but I just agreed (laughs) (laughs)
1: I didn't actually. <laughs> nice to have a great husband who just took the lead right there, who already knew yes. your heart and his
2: heart. Yeah. yeah. And then the hardest part after that was accepting help because we need help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs uh, help once in a while. And, and I don't know why it is so hard for women to ask for help. I don't know if we just think it's a sign of weakness or that we're supposed to have it all together or gosh, it is
2: hard to ask for help. And if I had twins, I would have tried to do it all myself. Even though I already had two little ones, I would have tried, like, I have two arms. There's a husband and a wife. We have two people. There's two of everything. But having four is like, there's just no way. Yeah. And I was forced into this accelerated learning program here. Of You got to be humble. <laughs> I've been humbled a little bit. Oh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Where's it? I was thinking about this this morning too, that how hard it is for women, especially to accept help or to ask for help when we really, really need it. And the idea came to me that when in doubt go without is only for when we're throwing out the leftovers from the fridge. If you don't know how old it is, that's when you throw it out. But if you're doubting whether or not you need help, ask for help it's okay. We need a support team. Yeah. Oh, I love that. When in doubt, go without, except for
1: leftovers. That's the... <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> so if you, um, as you asked for help and went through that humbling process, was it friends or family? Who was there for you? Who stepped up and who were you comfortable <laughs> allowing
2: that vulnerability to take place?
0: Oh.
2: It was, it started off with friends and family, but it wasn't enough. So it expanded to the neighborhood and then people who were helping shared their experience with others and just random strangers came and helped and, um, just totally a hundred percent trusting in God. We left our door open all the time. And some strange people came in, some scary people came in, Oh dear. I was very, very. <laughs> one day, a person came who, she wasn't married and she, she just wanted kids and she says, "You have plenty. I'm just going to take one," and I was seriously worried that I was going to have somebody walk out with my kids. Wow! And she didn't, but she didn't come back again. <laughs> yeah. We we put the the end on that one. Yeah. But then um. We we just mostly friends and people that we knew in the neighborhood and people that we knew who knew people and so trusting that there's a bigger plan. Yeah, yeah. we had um, we remodeled and added onto our house um, and there was like our Thursday people came every Thursday and our Friday people came every Friday. And there were a couple of people who, they just came all the time. And one of our friends had a knee surgery and wasn't able to come for a while. And we had our house remodeled and we went and lived somewhere else for a little while. And that was fun too. I can imagine. Or babies, (laughs) two little kids. (laughs) Well, one of the people our neighbor Gretchen she said that she saw something on the news about quads and so she hooked me up into this group of quad moms and one of my my favorite people ever Michelle she says you know that that addition is going to take a lot longer and be a lot uglier than you want it to be and you should come live in my basement so we ended up in her basement for the summer with her quads And my six, we had 10 kids under the age of five. And it was so awesome. It was so fun. Such a good learning experience to see how she did things with her kids. And and I got to take that home with me.
1: (laughs) That is not the that's a huge gift, but she's an amazing friend to to she is so amazing. Oh goodness,
2: what an amazing friend. Yeah. And she would come over every Thursday, even while I was still on bed rest before the babies were born. She took the pictures every Thursday to see how much I had progressed and how big my belly was getting. And she brought me food. And after they were born, she came and spent the night for a couple of hours and would feed them if they woke up. And um, she just was always so generous, and I think because she had been through it and she knew how much help I really needed. And so, but Kathy, my other friend who had the knee surgery, she didn't know that we didn't need help anymore. After that experience with Michelle, I was like, okay, we got this. And we actually hired a nanny for a while. And she's, after a couple months, she's like, the kids are on a napping schedule. They're on a feeding schedule. I don't really have a purpose here anymore. I was like, "Thank you, you're right. I guess I'll let you go." And Kathy storms in the door, throws it open, grabs the germ shells and squishes it on her hands. I'm sorry, I'm late. We're all just sitting there, at dinner going. Oh, hi! <laughs> <She's> scared <laughs> to help. She's like, "Wait, where's all the helpers?" <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: that's cute that's also a good friend though to still keep showing up even yes if you need it that's fantastic
2: yeah that's we've we've been so blessed
1: yeah lots of good people in your life that's fantastic but with quads comes challenges and uh, other kids adapting yes. and how
2: does how does that work next oh the adapting part well that's where the book comes in why i wrote the book because I love telling the stories about how we did it, but there's some real, real information that people just need to know. So I wrote the frame formula book and the frame formula came because our oldest son, stephen he was uh, four, years, four, four years old when the kids all came home. And he had been kind of struggling before that and not really open to talking. We thought he was shy, but we found out later that he has autism. And so it's a high-functioning autism that, you know, he could be considered normal if you don't know what the signs of autism are. Mm. But at the time, he stopped talking. He was, he was just too traumatized by having all the quads come home and all the different people in our house. And he didn't know where he was going to be eating every day. And it was just too much. So we went to uh, his doctor, the pediatrician, me. I took him to the pediatrician and he said, oh, you just need to spend more time with him. Good luck with that. And we kind of <laughs> laughed about it. You're like, okay. I have six children. All little. <laughs> and he was well aware because all six of the kids were in the office with me at the same time goodness <laughs> so we hired a couple of babysitters and i took him to the grocery store just me and him him and i and i said well he'll tell me which cereal he wants and i said do you want this one or this one and he said meow and pointed meow that's not right I said, okay cereal's not strong enough Let's try ice cream. He'll tell me which ice cream he wants. But he meowed at me again. I was like, oh, this is a big problem. So we ended up going to several other specialists and whatnot. And I actually, my other son was having problems too, but they were opposite. And he was telling me how it is and where to go and how to get there. And he has such a brain is so amazing. I took him. um, Well, I'll tell you this funny part. We didn't have swearing or bad words in our house at all. He made up his own because he was so mad. he said well you're just a flush down the toilet (laughs) oh okay my little three-year-old is calling me a flush down the toilet (laughs) funny (laughs) so when we were at one of Stephen's appointments I said while we're here find out what's wrong with this other boy and so they tested him too and they said well he would be ODD, OCD, ADD, all these letters, but his IQ is so high. He's just smarter than everything. He's just way smarter than everybody else. So when he says you're stupid and you don't have any good ideas, that's true. Oh, great. (laughs) Great. Okay. Great. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. That makes you feel better. (laughs) That's whatever mom wants to know. I'm a flush down the toilet and I'm not smarter than my kids. Yeah. You feel like, holy cow. (laughs) Doing the best I can. (laughs) Just doing the best we can with what we've got, right? Yeah. So we went to another specialist for one of Dallas's appointments and he said, now, wait a minute. Did you say you have quadruplets? I'm like, yes, and this kid, da, 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 da. I was like, Zoo, slow down. You have quadruplets. That's the problem. Like, well, yeah, but we have them now. We're not getting rid of them. What, we, what do you mean? Right. <laughs> Can't send them back. <laughs> and so he says, well, you're the mom. And that hit me really, really hard. I'm the mom. Before that, I, I was really kind of suffering depression, not kind of, I was, I was in depression because I couldn't handle it. It was way more than I thought I should ever be expected to do. And oh, I'm so blessed. All these other people are here, but they're not really my kids because the whole neighborhood has to have them. They're here for the neighborhood, not just for me. And That kind of shaped a lot of how I've raised my kids because I think otherwise I would have been in the mode of they're my babies. All my kids are my babies. But what I really came to understand is they're angels on loan from heaven. And my job as a mom is to get them to progress into an adult. They're going to have to grow up and be a self-sufficient hopefully providing for their family and influencing the world for good adult. They're not just my baby. They're not the neighborhood's babies, but whatever they are, I am the mom. And so I went home and I meditated and I prayed and we figured out this frame formula. And I looked at the picture and said, okay, what's going on? Stephen won't talk. Dallas won't stop talking. I got all these other kids that I need to figure out how to communicate with them too. And so I realized that Stephen didn't feel safe at all. His whole world was just chaos. And I was studying um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how the, the higher level goals are supported by lower level increments, that if you have food and water, then you're going to feel more secure and safe and able to feel like you belong and so forth. And so I I, Oh, Stephen doesn't know where his next meal is coming from or who's going to feed him or all this, this just a chaos. And so I wrote down on a post-it note, peanut butter and jelly with grandma, stuck it on the fridge and said, look, this is what you're doing today. You're going to have peanut butter and jelly with grandma. And then the next day I said spaghetti with the neighbor. This is what you're doing today. And within a week, he started talking. Wow. Because he had just enough security and safety to, to be okay to talk.
0: Wow, that's so beautiful.
1: One of the things that I teach with my anxiety clients is different wording, but same concept. We call it when someone's uncertainty is so high we got to balance the scale with some certainty. So I love that you did that because when that scale is so extreme, that's when anxiety fears, you know, all the, and the, in uh, not feeling safe, all of that, there's just that huge space for all of that to come in. And once you can provide that certainty or your word was safety, both perfect then all of a sudden that scale isn't so swinging, so extreme. And now all of a sudden they're like, okay, the world's not so shaky right now. I can navigate this little part of the world. So I love that. I love the idea
2: of the post-it. Yes. It's a fantastic idea. Yes. And it really does solidify who we are when we are able to stand on a place that's not uncertain. Like you say, if we have a place of one thing and i did this this clean the house experiment once and i our house was just in chaos we had a lot going on and whatever and I thought I'm going to clean one room, and it's going to be the bathroom because it's the smallest one, and I can call it done. Yeah, <laughs> <You're> call. <cool>. Small <laughs> win. Everyone gravitated to that bathroom. We spent more time in the bathroom than anywhere else in the house because it was the clean spot. It was the comfortable, good, solid spot. And I think when we have this safe spot or this place of certainty. And hopefully it's more than just the bathroom. I mean, we've progressed from there now. (laughs) (laughs) But um, if we tend to shut down and close up and what we really wanna do and what we need to do is reach out and ask for help when we're we're having those crazy times. We need to say, I don't feel safe and I need help figuring it out. Maybe ask someone to put something on a post-it for us. Yeah.
1: But sometimes do you think that we are so like, I am like, I don't want to look like I don't have my stuff together. I don't want to look weak. So even though I know I want or need help, like asking for it, (laughs) like still asking for it, even though I'm a coach and I tell people all the time to do that. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that i do it well <laughs> right i'm getting better but it's really hard to ask for help really hard and well, especially when things feel uncertain it's like your mind just plays even more games with you sometimes it's t- it's tough so what do oh, you do yeah. for asking when we're feeling uncertain or unsafe and we need it but we're so worried if we can
2: or should Well, I think that goes into our relationships. We need to build those relationships and know which ones we can turn to that are safe. Know if it's a scary lady coming to take your kid away versus someone who's there to genuinely help and is going to come and wash up before, even if you're done having help and you're all sitting down to dinner, everything's fine. You need to have those kind of people and be able to tell the difference. And that's where... The frame formula can help it's not just for parents that's how it originated but it's for all relationships really and i'll tell a story um one time i didn't i didn't always ask for help i needed the help and help showed up but i wasn't really good at asking for help and so one day i thought and this was after we didn't have everybody helping us all the time but the kids were like babies still, they were still like, I had to pick them up and carry them kind of baby sized, but they could hold their own bottle and wait their turn to have their diaper changed. So we didn't have all the help. And this day I was like, I just really want to go to the grocery store by myself. Mm -hmm. I just need a minute to catch my breath. I want to go to the grocery store by myself. I don't want to have other people pick out which bananas I want. I want to choose my own bananas. And so I called a couple of people and we need to realize people have lives too. If they say they can't help you, it doesn't mean they don't want to help you. Right. And so... My mom was busy and the, she wasn't able to help. And so the next thing I know, my dad's calling, are you okay? Mom says you need help. Oh no, the world is ending. Oh, my sisters are calling. I can't get there. Are you all right? Oh no, oh no. Like, That's okay. I said, okay, the world's not going to end. I can go to the store by myself with the kids. It's okay. Everything's okay. But I really didn't want to. And so I didn't ask anybody else because- the like world was gonna end because Lydia asked for help. Oh no! Yeah, I go so get bananas. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I went to the store by myself with the kids, and I still didn't want to. And what happened? One of my kids fell out of the basket.
0: Oh,
2: <gasps> oh my goodness! Because it was too much. I really did need help. I really should not have gone by myself. And he fell out of the basket. Sorry, it's still- Oh no, it's so- still a mom, right? Yes, of course. Those, those, we
1: always carry that with us. We all, yeah. Oh my goodness.
2: And so he starts crying and I'm like, why am I here? I can't do this. Some of my other friends were in the grocery store already there, they come running, they reprimand me, they say, why didn't you just tell us? We could get your stuff, we could take your kids, we're here already. And they walked through the store to get everything on my list with me while I carried my crying baby. Aww. And so we, we just, when we need help, we need to ask for it and not give up on the asking. We, we need more friends and more people that we feel safe enough with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's just, like we said before, it is hard to do that. It's hard to
1: ask for help. But um, How much better are we when we allow people in our lives just a little bit? And it allows us a chance to be vulnerable. It allows us a chance to be courageous. And it helps us learn to be not just good givers, but good receivers. And all of those are important in our relationships, but they're important for our own personal growth. But gosh, it's hard to do sometimes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in our head, we know that makes sense. But then following through is kind of tricky. So, But you had so many great opportunities where you got, you had to be vulnerable and courageous and humble and ask for help, but you, I mean, I'm sure all of those traits have moved you forward in, I mean, there's gotta be so many great lessons from all of those opportunities that you've gained.
2: Yes. So many lessons. I'm going to write 10 more books. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic.
0: You
1: should. Is your, uh, the, your sons that um, they adapted as you guys posted noted things and put um, the framework in place and they did great. I'm sure the results, the outcomes have been fantastic, but how are they, how did they adjust and how did they move forward from having quads that shot oh
2: to their little lives? <laughs> <laughs> well, Steven, my oldest, he's now 19 and so he's been graduated from high school for about a year year and a half and his his high school he actually told me that he wanted to go to a different school because they were nicer there we had um transferred him for other reasons that's kind of a longer story than we have time for i'm sure but the plan was after junior high he was going to come back to our local high school and he said, no, I don't want to. I want to be here. They're more friendly. And they really were. And so he, he went to this other school and he joined the theater because he wanted to be a part of it. And we, we just have so many good people. I think if there's nothing else that anybody gets out of this is that there are good people in the world. There is good in the world and it's available for us if we're able to be open to receive then good comes it just comes and especially if we're we're giving and I know all of your listeners have big hearts and they're givers and the other half of that coin is to receive so anyway he uh he went to the, the theater and said he, he missed the musical tryouts. And so he talked to the teacher there and said that he wanted to try out, but the tryouts were over. So he was going to join the uh, stage crew because he just wanted to be involved in something. He, he loves being with people. He craves that connection. Like we all crave human connection, right? And A lot of people think that because you fit in a box called autism, it means you don't, you don't want people to be around you. You wanna be left alone, but it's quite the opposite. He he craves it so much. He just isn't natural at it. So anyway, they gave him a private tryout where usually they have like a bunch of people in the room and everything. They let him try out by himself, with just two um, teachers, And they said, Oh, you did great. And he got in the musical. And then the next year, he was not missing the deadline or the audition day. And so he went in there, and I got to go and watch. And there were lots of other kids in there, like a normal kid would audition. And so many good people in the world. I'm going to cry again. (laughs) Crying's allowed. Crying's allowed. Good crying. Good. Good. Always allowed. (laughs) But he got up there and he was gonna sing a song and he was nervous and scared and started shutting down. And I think there were five kids in there at a time. And one by one, each of these teenage boys, they're like 15, 16 year old boys, each one of them cheered him on. Come on, Stephen, you got this, you got this, you can do this. And then one of them stood up and went over and put his hand on his shoulder and said, Stephen, I think that you'll feel more comfortable if I step out of the room for a minute. Wow. And each one of the boys followed suit and went and did that for him. Each one of them applauding him and leaving the room so he could, could audition more confidently. And so his senior year, he had enough support and everything. He actually had... A speaking part. It was a little speaking part, and a solo with the main character in the play. Wow! And he just shone and shined. It was beautiful. He he also was developing like he could he talk to anybody. Any at that point, talk to anybody, tell him what he thinks. He got in an argument with some people in one of his classes about politics or something,
1: came home and
2: told me how mad he was that they didn't believe the right stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's good though. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. And now he's doing a service mission for our church. Oh, He's going out and even within COVID, he's just out there serving and trying to be a good contributing person bringing people up Good. so our second son he still talks a lot <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's
1: anything wrong with that <laughs> i do <this> No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, but he actually edited my book for me one of the one of the edit rounds wow. he's written a book he's on a service He's on a mission right now. He's going to be leaving our country and going to Scotland and Ireland in just a couple of weeks. He's learning Chinese because he'll be speaking Chinese when he gets there.
1: Oh, we can.
2: Yeah, he, his, his gift is verbal stuff. Definitely. (laughs) All things words. Yeah. Good. But he has, we've built this relationship, Dallas and I have built this relationship where last night he came to me and said, mom, you need to go to bed. Uh, yeah, I know. Of course. I'm like, the kids are in bed. Now it's time for me to do something on the computer and do some work or something, right? Right. And he, he comes out of his room and says, Mom, it's time to go to bed right now. And yeah. he closed my laptop. He's like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? I need to walk out. And Stephanie said, no, you don't. You just need to go to bed. Wow. Um, you're right. He said, you need you need to get up in the morning and take care of you. And this is not taking care of you. Wow. And it's just one of those angels on loan from heaven. Yeah. Here to help me out.
1: Wow. And then all the quads, good, healthy,
2: happy, busy. They are all healthy and good. Um, we have one that's on the autism spectrum, but we haven't had him officially diagnosed because that box experience was, has been hard for our oldest. Yeah. And, um, one came home from the hospital on oxygen but he doesn't even have asthma now but they just progressed awesome it's mir- miraculous i believe in miracles yeah and um we've got just everything in the mix there we've got a track runner a wrestling we've got choir we've got art we've got robotics we've- <laughs> Yeah. we've got everything we've got the band marching band we've got a trumpet a saxophone a cello <laughs> wow. and it's all wonderful it's all it wonderful. is it's so
1: wonderful is it still challenging though having four the same age with all those things because when they're little it's challenging but they're different needs different ways challenging but it's still probably challenging in some ways now with them all being busy and different interests oh. and going different places and I, that's still gotta be exhausting. I'm only shuffling one around these days lately and it's still like exhausting getting him all the places he needs to be.
2: Yes. Yes. We actually moved because it was so much work trying to get everybody where they wanted to go. And we didn't live close enough to the school because like I said, Stephen was going to that special place. Yes. Um, and it was about a half hour drive in good weather. And so in bad weather, it was everybody was always late to everything if it snowed yeah <laughs> and so we moved just before covid hit to um we are a 10 minute walk to the junior high and about a 15 or 20 minute walk to the high school so we We think that we walk more now, but I just drive still. (laughs) There's less time for me in the car, and everybody has all their things that they want to do, and they actually get to go do them instead of sitting in the car waiting for somebody else to finish something. (laughs) That's awesome. I firmly believe that what we go through prepares us for what's next. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anything will ever be easy or easier I think once we think oh I think I got this then something else comes up yeah and you know now we're dealing with uh, the social media and the internet and the access to so many things and things that we don't really want our kids to have access to and <sighs> driver's ed <laughs> and yeah wanting a new pair of shoes and we actually this last week we had a conversation about driver's ed because if you have straight A's all the parents probably already know this but if you have straight A's you get a good good student discount yes and it's still a lot of money even with that discount (laughs) and none of my kids have straight A's right now none of the quads do and I said who wants to do this because that's going to be like another house payment for me yeah and all of them except for one my baby they all were like "Mm, not that important I can walk I can bum a ride from a friend it's okay if you take me places I have a bike (laughs) we have other options I don't have to have like just for car insurance. I don't have to put you out like that, mom. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. And I'm like looking at the schedule going, oh wait, that means I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know there's pros and cons to that.
1: Oh, I feel you. We have my son, he, where we live in this neighborhood where we are, the kids are not really motivated to go get their licenses on their birthdays. There's like no rush. They're like, we get it when we get it. And my son could have had his last summer and he's just barely last a couple weeks ago, just finished driver's ed. And he still needs a few more driving hours to go test. But with even just one boy, I keep thinking, oh, I'm not sure I'm rushed. worry. I mean, I don't. It's fine if you want to stretch it a little because I don't want to come up with just one teenage boy car insurance so I can't even imagine doing four kids at once oh my gosh yeah.
2: and I've only got one daughter I don't think I mentioned that before they're all boys they're all one girl. girl wow five boys yeah. and one girl that's yes. uh but my
1: parents had minus the quad like they didn't come all at once they were, I mean they came <laughs> <was> not together <laughs> that's I'm the only girl with five brothers so that's, nice. awesome. that's a good number it's a good balance the girl gets spoiled a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fantastic all right so you have now moved to a place where you're doing coaching you're doing speaking you're like all of this framework and being an awesome mama and driving around shuttling kids all over has prepared you to do other things that now allow you to help other people other women especially I'm other mamas. So tell me a little bit about that.
2: Oh, I'm so excited. We're starting what's going to be called the super mom Academy and the frame formula, the communication is just one key that super moms need. And I think all of us are super moms. And I, I experienced this and I'm sure I'm not the only one where people think, oh, you're amazing, but you feel like you're not, you just can't do it. Right. Right. But we're, we're all super. And so the super mom Academy is going to be to help women know that they're, they're super and go through these seven superpowers that all super moms have and really dial in and make sure everybody feels super confident in our abilities to so be super and, um, That's the next step I've, I've always been working well, not always, but for several years now, I've been working with moms one-on-one and I just, there's more, there's so much more available and, um, that's where we're at right now.
1: That's awesome. I know that academy will be a blessing to so many women. I think we forget as women because we are busy and we get tired and we get run down and overwhelmed. And we forget sometimes that we actually are really super. And we do have superpowers, but I think we forget that. And just even the "Super Supermom Academy, like superpowers, super, all of, it's just, I think a good reminder for all of us that it's, yeah, we have something valuable to offer, something valuable to give. And we bring those things to whatever we're doing And so I love that. I love even just the name of it. That's fantastic. I'm excited to hear how. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. Tips or suggestions or thoughts that you want to share? Like if, if we were going to give our listeners like one more really empowerful tip or suggestion or what have you got for them?
2: Okay. I've got two. Perfect. Please. Okay. First, even though you're the mom, it is so so okay for you to reach out and find those resources. Get my book, listen to this podcast, find the resources, get your people around you to support. And I think, yeah, you're the mom and I'm the mom and we all have our our role as the kids that have been given to us because we are what they need and they are what I need, you need, they're ours. And we're theirs. We belong to each other. There's no way of changing that. If you never talk to your mom again, you're still her kid. And there's just no way to change that. And it's okay to not feel super. And it's better to reach out and ask for help. Find the Super Mom Academy. Find these resources. Find the people that, that you can. And, and the second one is just take one baby step you don't have to be super in one day. It doesn't happen overnight. It can be a process and it's okay to take time. Um, at the supermomcoach.com, I have a free, um, it's called Dinner Conversation Starters. It's what it is. This starting that conversation. If you don't know what to say, if you haven't talked with your kids for a while, if you're wondering how else do you say, how was your day fine? And there's more to talk about than that. And so I have these conversation starters at supermomcoach.com. And you get on my email list and I'll be sending out more information to that list about joining the Super Mom Academy and and all those other fun things. Perfect.
1: I love that. And I hope you guys that are listening, you ladies, I hope you really will um especially if you've got teenagers or, um, you know, children in the home that you're struggling to communicate with or to really connect with. I really hope you'll check out, um, her website and sign up for that freebie because I know even in my family, um, I got married of just, uh, seven and a half years ago to a gentleman who had three boys and I already had a boy and they're all roughly close in age. And, you sit down at a table with four or five guys, conversations, not always great. Let's just be <laughs> clear. It's just not, it's just not. Um, and you like ask, try to ask engaging questions. You try to talk and try to, and they're just what you said. Fine. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not really an engaging conversation for me. So many years ago, I started practicing different, yeah, forming my questions in a different way, asking more details, more specifics, but it's hard to come up with them in the moment. So I could have used a cheat sheet a long time ago. So what I'm saying is if you guys are listening and you have a husband or children or anybody around you, grab her starter, her freebie or with these conversation starters, because I'm sure you can adapt them to all different situations and People, not just your kids or your boys.
2: (laughs) Yes, and sometimes if they're all boys, you you think you're blessed if you get a fine instead of a uh uh (laughs) ha. For fine, or good is progress in some in some situations. It (laughs) it is.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love it! I say all the time, our children are our greatest teachers and um, absolutely boy do they stretch us and test us and force us to be creative and think outside the box and all those things so um thank goodness we have them but i'm grateful for your super mom power uh super mom academy to help women to remember that they are superheroes they have powers too and and that this doesn't have to be as hard as we always make it there is help and resources out there and i'm glad you're one of them so Um, Is there remind us one more time, just before we go, what's the best way for listeners to contact you? Will you give me the website one more time and um, uh, the best way to contact you if they want to join your Superhero Academy? I keep saying it wrong. Supermom Academy. Sorry. Supermom
2: (laughs) Academy. Yeah. Yeah, Supermom (laughs) Academy. Yes. um, The website for the, um, conversation starters is supermomcoach.com. And I can be reached. If you don't want to wait for me to send you an email to invite you, then you can email me at Lydia L Y D I A at Lydia l y d i a t a g g a r t L Y D I A T A G G A R T.com.
1: Fantastic. I hope you guys, ladies, I hope <laughs> I've been talking too long. I hope you ladies <laughs> <laughs> will reach out and connect with her and take advantage of that freebie. So, Lydia, thank you so much for being with us today. I really um, have had a pleasure talking with you, hearing your story. Um, I'm so grateful that you had so much help that you were able to learn those life lessons that you needed to raise awesome kids. They are very lucky to have you. Very blessed to have you as as you are to have them, but I appreciate you sharing your story. So
2: thanks for being with us. Thank you so much, Rachel.
1: My pleasure. And then as always to my listeners, you guys know, we always end with my (laughs) well-wishing of you having an anxiety-free and a gratitude-filled day.